Hello, welcome to Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many challenging aspects of modern life and how we attempt to navigate them. I'm Mikhail, and as always, I'm joined by my conversation partner, Milos. How's it going? Good, good. Great day to be doing a podcast. It's about time we got back to this. Yeah, so just for the listeners, it's been several weeks since we recorded our last podcast. Just because we've been ill one after another. I think not not too long after that last podcast where we attempted to discuss dating and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell ill for about like 10 days or so. And soon after, when I recovered, then you were ill for a couple of weeks. So yeah. Yeah. And then we've just been busy with stuff. So yeah, it's been a few weeks and we were hoping, I think back then, just a few days later, record a follow-up podcast on dating. I don't think we're going to do that. I think we'll probably revisit dating soon enough but like we'll come back to that one it didn't yeah. work uh or, or it worked if for what it was which wasn't exactly a that's dating true podcast. that's true we, we definitely got some interesting topics in there but uh definitely wasn't us talking about dating as much as it should have been mm-hmm. yeah so really we just needed time to go do dating i'm gonna try and talk to a girl this weekend and hopefully i'm still I'll... attempting to have my first date so yeah. as soon as that happens we'll do a follow-up I just, I don't understand this part about speaking to the girl. Like, I just, I just need to get past that part and I'm fucking good. Yeah, we didn't spend <laughs> enough time on online dating because, yeah, I, I don't, I don't speak. I just communicate through text and, yeah, and, and, and just mumbling and grunting and I think that does the trick. Um, okay, but <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> this is actually kind of related because, yeah, what we're discussing this week is confidence. Confidence. And the difficulty with conveying that confidence or whether that's necessary at all yeah, yeah. um so yeah wh- where do we want to start here do we want to start with like talking about whether there's value in in confidence or because I, I see in our notes that i think maybe <laughs> if you don't mind i'm going to share the first thing you say is confidence is horseshit so i wasn't expecting that so that so uh, to explain that a little bit that's not me denigrating the value of confidence actually i think personally i think if we want to talk about the value of confidence i would say unequivocally 10 million percent very obviously as like an a very fundamental part of life of course confidence is wildly important mm-hmm. I, you'll get no argument from me from from the the opposite but when i say confidence is horseshit i more so mean the concept of what we believe is like i think i think i think that confidence is a topic is a little bit difficult to to talk about because the nomenclature surrounding it is difficult to get down to and i've actually so this is one that i'm very excited to do again these notes are super easy for me to write up because i actually did i've been thinking a lot about confidence and about what it means to people and how we understand it what it is and what it is not and how it present like even some of the notes that you put up here where it's like um confidence versus arrogance like those are some of the concepts that i think uh, people have um, kind of like bad, a lack of good words to describe what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you actually describe confidence for what it is, it very much is super important. It's very valuable. But you also realize that the way that we view it might be a little bit horseshit. Like we don't have a good take on what it really is. I suppose that's true of like a number of things, right? Like they have fuzzy boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, and what, like you know, the the, the I, I put confidence versus arrogance, but more it's more commonly you'll, you'll hear I'm 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 not cocky, I'm confident, right? Mm-hmm. Like that sort of phrase, especially like in sports or like in fighting or something, yeah. you'll hear somebody say that. 
and it's not like you have it's like a technical thing right like uh, um you know there's a certain temperature that water boils at right and you mm. just know that's the temperature right yeah. it's, it's, there's no science to language so uh, or, or perception so at what point does that confidence go into cockiness it's going to vary depending on on your perception house yes so it's yeah it's 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 fuzzy um but i just think that's true of many things right like how do you distinguish i remember i used to have this uh not argument but like this conversation with my brother and my mom because they'd be talking about somebody in the family and she'd be like oh well he's charismatic and then or or no he's not charismatic he's dynamic or mm-hmm. he's not dynamic he's like vibrant it's like okay but you know these these are very kind of arbitrary distinctions that largely overlap and then like yeah we're all just understanding words slightly differently and mm-hmm. how we grew up with that word being used and how it was applied to certain things so now that's our perception of that word even though that might actually technically be slightly different so it's yeah there's a lot of room to uh uh yeah there's just a lot of room with language in terms of like it, it's not it's not like each word has a tight fit it often doesn't see i agree with that to an extent, but I also think that there's value in tick in picking apart confidence, just because I feel like confidence is such an important piece of the human condition, mm-hmm. and I think if we can understand it better, um, like I would make some arguments to say that on the one hand you are correct. There's a um, subjective view of confidence where it's like you may experience somebody as confident or arrogant, regardless. Uh, like we we could take we could take any person. You put them in a room. And you you expose them to a thousand people, and um, assuming they have those characteristics that we associate with confidence in any way, shape, or form, some of those people are going to say, "Oh, that person is confident." Some of those people are going to say that he was arrogant or you know a nasty version of it. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually think there is a distinction that we could make between the two. And maybe again, maybe this is something that you don't agree with, but I think there's a distinction that can be made between the two in the sense of. There's a subjective reality, which is how do you how do you be how are you perceived by certain groups of people? How do we perceive other people? But then there's also an objective reality internally of where is that behavior coming from? Is it because is because again this is I, I'm telling you I've been going deep into this. I'm sorry. This is this is a whole bunch of stuff. But um, on the inner level, I almost wonder if it's like you can be. But I guess we should also talk about what confidence is, right? A lot of people think of confidence just like you know you, you're. You're outgoing. You're gregarious. You're you talk with certainty. You talk with you know. You move with certainty. You have a you have a a a aura around you that people kind of assume is a confident demeanor. Like how else would you describe confidence? Like when you think of confidence, let's just say the positive version, right? Because we have confidence, and we have arrogance. What would you say are some like how would you describe positive confidence? Yeah, it's it's a lot of what you said. Um, I would I would even argue because actually this is something I wanted to talk about a little bit down the line. Um, because I do want to talk about performing confidence versus actually feeling mm-hmm. confident. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't have to be dishonest because you can be confident in what you don't know, or you can be confident yep. in in you know not being fully secure, right? You can be very open about the fact that yeah, here are places where I do lack a certain something. That's not lacking confidence. The fact that you're just being open and still kind of strong and bold in uh, in your assertions uh, um or not even like in assertions it's just it's it's on it's just, i think confidence isn't contradicted by uh opening yourself up to weakness or your yep. personal feelings yep. i think it's a general posture 
of not displaying it's almost conference almost is what you're not right like if you, you can say the same exact same thing but with a posture of weakness or like there are a lot, a lot of nonverbal things that, that 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 show it right like averting your gaze from somebody or or mumbling or mm -hmm. not you know or not enunciating the right way or saying something but in a voice that is trying to invite pity or just trying yep. to show that right so uh, conference actually is just a lot of what you're not you're not doing any of those things but you're actually instead looking people in the eye talking loud and clear you're displaying that these things don't bother you i think that's a big part of conference yep. not being bothered by your shortcomings mm -hmm. not being so and i think that's important because if we just define conference as having a bunch of things and then like talking conf you know uh, boldly about them then that's something that a lot of people just can't don't have access to right but anybody can be confident in the way we're describing it which i think is the correct way to view it because this you can have a million failings but still be out there and looking people in the eye and just being like yeah, yeah. here are all my issues but i'm still out here and i'm not bothered and i'm gonna keep you know working past these things i think two things you said that were great first off the million failings of course everyone every one of us like you know that whole thing is like your shit stinks everybody's poop stinks everybody everybody has shortcomings every you put anybody in a room with a thousand people, it's gonna be somebody stronger, somebody smarter, somebody faster, somebody yeah. with more money, somebody, you know, whatever. Um, and the other thing that I think is really interesting is that, yeah, you describe confidence through its lack. And I think maybe that's some place also to start because I think, and maybe this is presumptuous, but based on, you know, the fact that we have a massive self-help industry, based on the way that we all treat each other and based on society at large in the West, it feels like, a lot more people understand the experience of being not confident than understand the experience of being confident. And it mm -hmm. makes sense too. You, whenever, whenever you put in a novel situation, a lot of people will feel a lack of confidence. And I yeah. think that's also a definition of confidence that I don't think hits the core root of it. And that, that's the definition of confidence where it's like you go into the unknown and you're nervous. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and again, this is another place where teasing apart what confidence means is important because... Um, you gave the argument that even in going into a new environment where you would quote unquote be nervous, you don't know shit, you don't know what you're doing, but you present as somebody who's like, hey, I openly don't know what I'm doing. It's my first time skiing or snowboarding, whatever. I don't yeah. know, I don't know diddly squat about this, but I'm open to learning. I'm open to coming. But but you don't do it from from a from a point of like, oh, I'm so beneath this. You know, it's like somebody you know yeah. you can confidently go into something that makes you nervous. Or you can unconfidently go into something that makes you nervous. Mm -hmm. Dating is a great example. You go into a date a little bit nervous, it's good, but you can still be confident. Or you can go in nervous thinking, oh my God, I'm going to, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that understanding too. And I think those are two big points of understanding confidence. I think the, for me, the biggest distinction, um, and this kind of goes back to that initial thing of like subjective reality versus objective reality, is that the objective version of good confidence is that you are coming at it from the perspective of, you just want to present yourself well to whatever limitations you have to doing that mm -hmm. versus bad confidence. And what I would say is like things that people would call arrogance or even use the term narcissism for mm -hmm. is when you want to present as good and you're willing to do anything in your power to be perceived as good. It's when you, uh, there's a confidence of just like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I know what I'm doing and I'm coming at it with a, positive attitude and I and, and a certainty mm -hmm. and then there's uh I think I'm good I think I know what I'm doing 
but I need people around me to validate that and I'll be a blowhard about it. Yeah, so I want to pull apart the negative confidence and just make a distinction that it's not just one one thing, it's a couple yeah. of things. So one is just what I'd categorize uh, as bluster, right? So kind of what you what you said, you're overcompensating for something, You're actually, it's actually, if anything, is an expression of insecurity and then overcompensation as, as a result of that, you're overselling yourself, right? You're not coming in constantly like, hey, I'm going to try my best and I think I'm, I can do well here. It's more like, oh no, I'm already great. Even if you know, you, you know there's a large chance that you're not. That's one. There's also just going too far in your confidence, right? You can actually, like, like, like going back to the uh, um, realm of professional athletes. You're a professional athlete and you're playing on national TV. You're terrific at what you're doing, right? You're in mm -hmm. a top fraction of a percent. Um, but then you can, instead of just displaying confidence, you can just talk about like, you know, I'm the best in the world, F everybody else. Like, you know, be mm -hmm. nasty with it. Yeah. And so there, that's, that, that's, that's more, that's, I'll distinguish that from like bluster and that's more like cockiness. That like, okay, now you are confident. You d so there's overlap there yeah. and you're justifiably confident. So it's not bluster. However, it's become toxic because it's blown up your head, right? The ego has gone out of control. You're using it to put others down at that point. Yeah. Or, or, or to just like, you are great, but then you've lost touch with the reality or you've lost touch with common, the common man. Like that mm -hmm. you, you just, you, th you think you're like, you know, God's gift to the world. And in, in a sense, like, to some degree, you actually are because you're a phenomenal athlete and you're mm -hmm. you're doing something great, but it's still an unhealthy posture to take in the world to to walk around as if like you're you're something special. Compared that's such to, everybody a, to else. me. That's such an interesting example because um, I remember reading the Michael Jordan. Uh, he had an autobiography way back when. It was a it was a lot of it was a lot of pictures. It was kind of like a picture book, but, <laughs> but it talked about his mentality. And it talked about how he would take any advantage he could. So he was a serious, like Michael Jordan admits being a serious shit talker. Yeah. He liked to get in people's heads and absolutely make them feel like question themselves. And so, and it's too, it's funny too there where it's like, I mean, I wouldn't consider that a, an unconfident behavior, but I don't know that I'd consider it a dark side of the confidence too, in the context of competition, in the context yeah, of regular day different. life. Yeah, you're right. So it's an interesting... But yeah, this. The, but it, and the thing is, like, there are no neat boundaries, like we talked about. Yeah. Like, so, his behavior at the same time could have been supremely confident. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, could have been within the realm of competition, justifiable. Mm -hmm. Also, spilled outside of competition, where it was a little bit toxic. Yeah. And all those things can be true at once. It, it doesn't invalidate that he should be supremely confident and that he was he was the best. It doesn't yeah. invalidate the fact that like within competition. It probably served him pretty well. Uh, and it also doesn't change the fact that, yeah, if you met a person like that, normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a bit of an asshole. But like, okay, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people who are famous are assholes and that's okay yeah. too, right? Like, it's just because we're saying like, oh, there's, there's negative confidence. It's not condemning a person. I'm sure we've all displayed many times in our lives uh, the negative confidence we're talking about, whether it was bluster or it was cockiness. So this is actually the other part that I think is really interesting is the concept of negative confidence because I think there's, like I said, I actually do believe that there's two different versions and I think that, but I also think that from a perception standpoint, we can't control how we come off to people because 
I, I this has been my experience mm-hmm. is that regardless of how and 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 I I've been on both sides of this 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 I've noticed myself on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. I can be exposed to somebody who's very confident, and I can feel nothing but arrogance and cockiness oozing off that person Mm -hmm. but often it's because that person is starting to make me feel insecure right and i've been in situations where i know that i'm not or at least my experience of my own confidence is one of a joyous happy expansive confidence i'm not putting anybody down i'm trying to bring everybody up around me i'm very happy to be where i am very lighthearted. i'm adding energy to a room but i can see people experiencing me as Oh, that cocky, loudmouth, arrogant asshole yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of person, and you know, again, I've been on both sides of that. I've been on the side where <clears throat> I'm just not in the mood to be around somebody who's in love with life and super confident, and so I just feel like tearing that person down. And I think that's another wrinkle to this: is understanding that if you're if you're looking through your own lens to see, am I putting out? Good confidence, am I engaging in bluster? Am I engaging in, in overconfidence? Am I engaging in um, you know, other behaviors? It, it can be difficult to get that information from the world around you unless you're around like good friends. Because again, like, uh, some of, like, not everybody wants to see everyone else succeed. There's people who don't want to see us succeed. There's people sure. who don't want to see you succeed. There's people who don't want to see any, you know what I mean? There's some people who are just so downtrodden in life that they don't want to see anybody succeed. So they will use... So to them, all confidence comes off as cockiness. All co- you know, everybody's air. Everybody's an arrogant asshole who doesn't know anything about anything, and so that adds another wrinkle to it that I think makes it difficult for people to understand. And it's also why I think the most important distinction on an internal level is to understand whether or not you're being confident for the sake of kind of like this is just who you want to be and what you are. If you're or if you need the 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 stimulus back from the environment to feel confident. I think that's one of the big the big no nos is if you need other people to treat you a certain way, to look at you a certain way, to 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 speak to you with a certain manner or do certain things for you, then you might get into the realm of kind of like uh, manipulating people to get confidence. You might stick around people who like say nice things to you or don't question you, don't challenge you, and then and then other people will look at that situation from the outside looking in and be like. That person has no confidence. He's just surrounded by yes men. As yeah. another wrinkle to like, I think I think it goes pretty deep. But that's just another way to look at it, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, there's a lot there. I, I think uh, for one thing, I want to say um, again when we talk about this stuff, it's and, and perception and and you know whether we really are being confident or negatively confident or whatever definition. All of that can be true in the space of one conversation. Hell, it can all be true in the space of a sentence. You can start a sentence very bold and people think like, oh, you know, he's full of it. And by the end of the sentence, you can kind of offset it by just be like, oh, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm probably full of it kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. within the space of that sentence, you've gone from being like cocky and blustering down to kind of disarming and charming and, and back to like this conference because, you know, because you're joking around and you're just having fun with it. So, and then the flip can happen too, right? Like you start saying something very like level-headed and then by the end of it, you're just like, and that's why, you know, I'm the greatest. And then it's like, oh, wow, okay, he's, he's lost it. So these things are constantly shifting, right? Like you're never any one thing, right? Like it's, it's, it's easy to like 
classify people and like to some degree you just have to like have an understanding of a person so you will put them in some kind of category of like oh that guy's generally this way and that's fine that's just how we understand the world and, pe and the people around us but often it's constantly jumping around and shifting like within the space of a night you'll think oh that guy is terrific oh that guy's gone a bit too far oh no he's back to being great like it's always happening so that's just one thing right so you can always recover from your negative conference you can always you know regress as well so just you should always kind of you know be working on that mm -hmm. uh, secondly in terms of <clears throat> i think the crux of your point about like seeing what is is leading to your confidence or what or what, what where it's wh coming from where, where, where it's coming from and what it requires uh yeah i, I mean I, I just think that's like that kind of radical transparency you always want with yourself like because we, we've said this in so many different contexts throughout these podcasts of ask yourself why always ask yourself like why am i behaving this way why do i need this what all the just always be probing yourself that's just and I'm going to say this a hundred more times over however long, however many podcasts we have, because it's just so important. You're always in the hustle and bustle of life and work and all this kind of stuff. You'll, you'll lose track of yourself. You'll just start doing things just mechanically, right? Because you just have to do them. It's so important that whenever you can take a moment and just be like, why have I been behaving this way? Or why have I been doing this? And for what, re like what's, what's inspiring this? What's motivating this? What's changed? What hasn't? Yeah, cause if you don't do that, like it's so easy to lose sight of the person you're trying to be, the values you have, all that kind of stuff. It's it's very very easy, um, and very and it's it's you're in danger of losing, uh, uh, you know, the character that you think you have and you want to have. The more socially exposed you are, the more people you're talking to, the more things you're doing, the more likely you are to be pulled in directions that are foreign to you. So yeah, just. I know I've gone slightly just in a more general point, but it, it does kind of relate to the conference of just 100%. keep, keep your, keep, keep yourself, um, on guard from that and always just be very honest with yourself. Like that's part of conference too, of like, uh, what we talked about earlier, you might probe yourself and find out like, oh yeah, no, I've, I've messed up here. Like this is not coming from the right place part of confidence will be about being open with yourself and others with that and improving so you actually get to that positive confidence again. Um, though, if you don't mind, let's take a slight step back just because we're just talking as if positive confidence by definition, by its very name is a good thing. But like, practically speaking, why is it good? Like, what is it actually gonna get someone in life? Like, why is it gonna be useful? Is it, um, is it good for emotional health? I mean, I, I think it's good across the board. I, I, I don't... The way that I see it is you need, you need confidence in this world. Like, I, I, would, I would distill down my definition of confidence as a sense of inner certainty while being open mm -hmm. in a way. So it's, it's, it's not that you have to be right, but it's that you come from the perspective of, yeah, I think I am right. And... I think it also, I think the thing that it comes with too is, is a couple of positive assumptions about yourself. And I think, again, personally, I, I can draw on the, the, just the, like my own lived, ex my own life experience tells me, yeah, it, every time I approach something, generally thinking good thoughts about myself or having a good attitude about myself and the activity that I'm about to do, mm -hmm. I perform better. 
Yeah. Then you can also go to the concepts of like positive psychology. There's been, again, I don't know how much I buy into all this stuff because I, I haven't looked at how strict and rigorous the the um, the experiments were. And social psych has a huge problem with uh, with being uh, ir uh, what's the term not not reproducible. A lot of the social psych experiments have a huge yeah. There's a term for this, right? Like the irreducibility, ir ir irreproducibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, it's like a lot of these social psych experiments are get done once we make all these oh this means this about the human condition yeah, yeah, yeah. and then another researcher does it elsewhere and it doesn't work and it's like to me it makes sense because i think social structures are completely human and changing and morphing and they depend on so many things that it's it's kind of hard to especially the way they're trying to do it it's, it's i think it's it's more of an art than a science and it's very hard to bring it down to its base pieces without ultimately philosophizing mm. and i do th and I, again i think that's where philosophy kind of kicks in because it can it can say more without having to bring up you know experimental data in things as unique as human beings that are constantly shifting and, and and are difficult to read on a subjective level but even in positive psychology you've seen different um like for example the happiness advantage is a book literally written about the fact that happier people tend to do better mm -hmm. well happier people also tend to be more confident because if you're confident you're usually thinking good things about yourself now of course there's a, there's we made the distinction here between good confidence and bad confidence if you're secretly harboring tons of insecurity but presenting confident you probably won't have the proper benefits of positive psychology and confidence whereas if for you confidence means the way that i see it is like you just have a general you have a, for me it's it boils down a set of beliefs you have no. a set of beliefs about yourself that are generally confident and that generally tell you that, you know, whatever happens, you're going to be okay and you're probably going to do pretty good. And, you know, you might not be the best at it, but you'll, you have something to offer in a lot of situations. Um, coming from that place internally, I think it brings a lot more of your potential out. Yeah. So I think I agree with 90% of that. The only uh, bit that I would uh, push back on is the word certainty. I would say... If anything, um, you should be comfortable with uncertainty. Yes, right, 100%. and and and, or 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 at least I would say um, you can feel some level of of certainty about your general posture or approach, mm -hmm. but certainly not a certainty about like the facts of life or how to go about things, right? Like that, so, you know, it's it's, it's no, like a fine balance between yeah. like you should believe in yourself. But you shouldn't believe yourself to the to your inevitable detriment because we don't know everything yes. and we're going to be ignorant of so much. And that I think I said, or I hope I said, it's it's certainty with openness because yeah. it's like yeah, on yeah. the one hand, it's like you because like, I think of it too as like you know you you want to be able to make statements with authority, you know, mm -hmm. even if mm -hmm. you're wrong, you want to be able to say. I believe the sky is red and aliens exist. And someone can say, okay, but here's the evidence against it. And you can be like, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. But it, it, to me, I don't think about it in argumentative terms. I think of it more as like, how do you present yourself? Yeah. Do you present yourself with an, because when I guess to me, it's like, it's a certainty of, I have value to present, to, to give in any situation. Yeah, so this actually goes to something that I was thinking about even the other day in some other context, which is you need to be able to sell yourself. Yes. Right. In nobody, in uh, certainly when you're starting off in places and people don't know you yet or in whatever you're doing. Uh, if you can present your value, right? So I'm not saying oversell yourself, but just simply let it be known that 
I'm achieving X, Y, Z in whatever capacity that you're, whether it's work or it's in your sport or whatever it is, but you need to let people know because people aren't going to sell you for you, right? Like they might, and in which case, like they're, they're very important people in your life, but that's yeah. why they, those sort of people are few and far between and they typically have a huge impact in your life and you really remember them and they, you know, they become valuable figures in your life. Typically, everybody's thinking about themselves and they don't have time to sell you. So you have to sell yourself, whether it's in dating or at work or with your friends. You need to show your value mm -hmm. and confidence helps you do that. It helps you say like, yeah, I'm going to misstep. I'm not sure about everything. But insofar as the package that is me has value, I need to present it to others so that they know that. And so that's for me the main uh, value of confidence that you can at least you can give some representation of yourself to others which the other might otherwise won't see that's huge and I think the other part of that that goes even a step is like so you know it, you can think about it as like confidently selling yourself through what you say but I also think there's a there's a thing of like confidently selling yourself through what you don't say and how you say what you say you know in a weird you know what I mean and it's the kind of what you said initially is like do you make eye contact do you you know do you do, like you know, there's certain behaviors, again, and this this is the part where it's like you get into the half and half of like, is it good or is it bad? But for example, if someone's talking bare shit and you have to say something in the middle of it, like, wait, 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 no, this is baloney. I believe the opposite or something like that. Do you have the confidence to say that? Do you have the confidence to be like, no, wait, I think otherwise. No, wait. And do you have a, and can you say it from a place of like, hold up, I believe this? Or even the way that you say what you do believe from a place of like, from clearly a place of strength rather than weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So there, it, it's weird because confidence really does go down to a lot of parts of the human condition. And of I think what a lot of people want from being more confident is the experience of almost feeling like, not that they are right in what they say or do, but that they are right in how they are being. In a, in, in a way, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, a couple of things there. It's um, partly you, you can, it's, it's difficult to stand up for your values if you're not confident because you, yeah. you, you'll, you know, you're, there are going to be instances almost every day if you're just out and about in the world where your values get tested or at least like put under a bit of pressure. And if you don't have the confidence to express in some way that these are your values and they're not going to be squashed, then they will be squashed out there. And, but this can manifest itself in many different ways. So I think that's important to say, like, you know, we've all heard the term quietly confident, right? So you don't have, confidence doesn't have to big be... Big energy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> in that, like, you don't have to be the loudest person, right? Often the person mm. talking loudest might actually be completely insecure you can just say a word or two when it needs to be said just when you need to stand up for yourself or when you need to get something across and otherwise you you can be a bit more reserved and stuff as long as when it matters you know you hold somebody's eyes or you mm -hmm. whatever whatever it needs to be done gets done so yeah I, I i also i think the reason i bring that up is because i don't want it to seem like oh well there's just confidence and it is within this one mold and otherwise yep. like no it's you can be confident in many ways you have to you, you have to figure it out uh what your kind of confidence is yeah and i think the other thing too to, to mention here is i think sometimes confidence gets conflated with a sense of um masculine aggression 
Mm. And I don't think that's accurate. Because first off, I think there's some women who are incredibly confident in a feminine way. And I think people sometimes don't... Um, I think sometimes people don't realize that it's kind of coming from the same place. That it, I, I think because mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a gender neutral thing. It's it's for everybody, um, but also that that idea of like quiet confidence, the idea of like you know, again, the confident person isn't always going to be the 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 you know the like. You think of like the hero archetype from the '90s and 2000s movies. It's always the white dude, chiseled like 30s or whatever, or like just like you yeah, know, yeah, so much going for him anyway, yeah. right? Like yeah. But, but you know what I mean? It's just like, um, I just want to point out that, you know, there's different forms of confidence. And I also think there's different situations where confidence presents itself that are important to note. Because, yeah, it, it, like, like to me, again, I think it comes from an internal standpoint of where are you coming from and how much certainty do you have in, and in some ways, like, you know, you can say like this, like how much certainty do you have in your own value? And again, your value is not something that's quote unquote static because in different situations, you might have more value. Mm-hmm. If I end up stranded on a desert island, I know that, you know, hey, I have a sense of humor and I know how to make jokes. That's useless. Shut up. Go get wood. Yeah, yeah. That's your value versus, you know, in a networking event, I might be able to present myself to somebody as more value because I'm more outgoing mm-hmm. or at a specific work environment talking about one thing that I know a lot of, I might have more confidence because I have skill. I think another interesting thing to look at for, for confidence, and this is kind of like, so I still don't think I've, ex- I've fully explained what I mean by confidence is horseshit, mm-hmm. and I do want to talk about that, but before that, I think it's this idea of understanding, um, at least for me, I like to put it as like, I, I view confidence as kind of a, attained through two, two different streams, and I think sometimes people... Um, only look at one of those two streams. And the two streams I'm kind of talking about is like, you can get like, quote unquote, like physical reality confidence. Mm -hmm. You have a skill. You can play guitar amazing, or you're amazing at football, or you're amazing at this. Therefore, when put in an environment where that is happening, of course you're gonna be more confident than the amateur who doesn't know squat diddly, right? And so we always think of that as as a form of confidence. We think of confidence as like, you know, you have a status. You are the richest guy in the room. Something like, it's like, it's like we have we have these examples of like oh well if I just had if I had a more chiseled jar if I had this or if I had that then I would have confidence mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's one stream that we look at it through yeah but I also think there's another stream and this is where and this is my whole my whole thesis of why I think confidence is horseshit is because you can also gather a lot what you think having the money the skill and those things the feeling that you think you'll get from it you can also get from an internal belief system from an internal um kind of value hierarchy within yourself that you're able to apply across things and so just you're starting to advertise our cult a bit too soon you need to just back I, off right listen, now this and is, we'll get back to it in a few weeks when uh this is just the nascent we're just putting the mustard seed in people's heads yeah. so that they can come back to us when we have a three thousand dollar program <laughs> <laughs> you know but but serious on a serious level though i do think that there is a there is from if you're coming from the perspective of lack of confidence mm-hmm. you can view you a lot of people are viewing it from the perspective of oh if i just had xyz then i would be confident without understanding that also you can have the feeling of xyz through being confident in yourself on more um more basic level more more like ephemeral things that you can't touch more things that are like within your 
conscious mind? How do you, you know, what you think of yourself? How do you judge yourself? How do you yeah. talk to yourself? How do you do these things? Um, and so if I can give one other example of, of the, the example that I always think of that really illustrates this to the hilt, I think, and something I think every single male listener out there can probably, um, can probably resonate with is the, the what I call the, the, the stupid, the young man's getting a number example, mm-hmm. which is, has this ever happened? And you tell me if this ever happened to you, because it's happened to me multiple times. I never learned. I'm an idiot. Um, you meet someone who you're super attracted to. She's into you. You guys are vibing. It looks good. You say, okay, give me your number. She goes, okay, I'll give you my number mm-hmm. or whatever. You exchange something. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, you know, I won't text her right away. I won't talk to her right away. I'll wait a little bit. You know, you, you wait a day or two. And during those two days, you are on cloud freaking nine you you walk around like you're happier you're more calm people are like damn what happened to you like people think you got like you had the best sex of your life or you did a hard drug and came to spiritual revelation you spend two days in this blissed out space where people would con- would say hey he's more confident mm-hmm. he's more assertive he's doing what he does yeah and then day three rolls around and you text her yeah dead air or you finally reach out to her dead air or it's going well and then she just ghosts you dead air and suddenly you're in the pit and you know the next day people will think oh man what happened to him because he's completely different it's just, and to me it's this idea of like when you thought you had the thing that you that you needed like for in in this instance and i think for a lot of men can relate to this like you think having the hot girlfriend is going to make you more confident because look at this you know yeah, look yeah. at this girl proof that i'm a good person but then that disappears and you're back in in the dumpster mm-hmm. but in this example you never had it yeah nothing actually changed no yeah nothing changed you just lived this confident life for two days and then went back to like <laughs> oh my god i hate myself yeah um and so that's so just to wrap that whole thing up that is my my thesis argument of why i think confidence is in some level of horseshit because while on the one hand i'm never going to deny that having skills having status, having money, having, you know, super hot girlfriend on your arm, whatever it is, these are all things that give the average man a level of confidence. There is still a possibility to attain, maybe not all, maybe you'll never feel like as good as it feels to drive a Bugatti just by feeling it, Mm -hmm. but you can get a huge increase in your own self-confidence through how you view yourself without necessarily needing, like it just, it just, it's, to me, it's just explained this idea that you don't actually need the skills. They're good, they help, but you don't actually need them to feel confident. Yeah, so uh, a, f- a few things there. One, yeah, I like that you acknowledge that, yeah, there's just, like in everything in life, there's inequality, oh, 100%. right? And yeah. so, um, while certainly this, you, you can overcome by having this, the right sort of mental framework to get you uh, where you need to be, yeah, if somebody is growing up wealthy and attractive and tall and like, especially like, like, let's put it in the dating realm because that's like where it's really crystallized. But like, if you're six foot or above, you have a full set of hair, you uh, um, have been kind of surrounded by girls who have been kind of nice to you growing up, all that kind of stuff. You're hung like a horse. <laughs> Absolutely, though. Uh, <laughs> It's not necessarily something you're going to be displaying every day, but for sure that helps. Especially but you live the experience. You live the experience of being part horse, and that <laughs> certainly helps. But yeah, and it's, it's like on every level, there's no 
point of insecurity. Like you didn't have skin skin issues, right? You didn't mm-hmm. have acne. All this sort of stuff so that like, yeah, you come to your whatever late teens, early 20s and it's going to be no problem talking to girls and, and doing all this kind of stuff because you've always had positive reinforcement in your life. Like people have always treated you well because mm-hmm. you look good and you presented well because you had that upbringing that made you present. Well, like all that kind of stuff, right? It mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. And you and I have seen it, right? Like uh, when we're out there and we're with somebody and we're and they're giving off an energy where we're like, oh, we don't exactly know. Uh, and this is, again, within like a dating or approaching girls kind of context. And uh, we don't exactly know what they're putting out there, like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you quickly realize like, oh, well, like, you know, he's he's grown up and he hasn't had, you know, any of this like, positive reinforcement he doesn't really know how to go about this and he's kind of floundering in the dark and and it's and and like you know and as long as he's coming at it from like still like a good place i just you feel bad for the person right like that completely flips if they're somehow then lash out or become sleazy or something then it's gross but like if if they're really just trying for like in good faith but they're running into all these obstacles because they happen to be whatever height that a lot of women don't deem as 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 attractive or whatever it might be or they're prematurely balding or all these sort of things like it yeah you you can still get confidence but it's going to take a hell of a lot more work to get there like it's going to be a herculean task having all said all of that i don't know if i go as far as to say herculean but it's definitely more difficult i mean uh, with it's within a spectrum right like if you if, if at the bottom of the spectrum you're like you know like as a male in the dating realm and you're like five feet tall with a micro penis and a ball with like balding hair at 18 uh you know like you did something bad in a past life just admit it admit yeah and you you were hitler and, and <laughs> the, thing, the thing is like yeah I'm, I'm i'm saying it like like slightly being like facetious but like there are people with worse circumstances right yep. like and that's that's why like yeah to, to make it serious because it yeah it's not something uh, something i actually really want to joke about because yeah there, there's somebody there who started at zero or started at minus one and they never had a chance yeah right Wh- whether they were like um whether it was some kind of disability or illness or cognitive yeah. impairment or you know um i think we both believe very strongly in like exercising and being healthy and all that stuff but there are some you know Fair, fair, fairly rare people who have like a thyroid issue from when like when they grow up and they have like all these m- metabolic issues where like they're just gonna be overweight like they can't yeah. do it yeah, so yeah so there are a million things like that so yeah it's, it, it is worth saying like conference often does come from a point of being like very fortunate mm-hmm. um but with all that said yeah conf- you're talking about like oh skills will help you get confident confident itself is a skill yes i agree and and i guess the other thing that I was trying to point out was like having certain things because, okay, one of the things that I hate is I hate hearing people say, you don't need anything to be confident. It's all in your head. It's all this. Like, while on the one hand, I understand where you're coming from. On the other hand, I feel like you're blowing smoke up people's butts because like 100% having, a, like, dude, having certain things in life will definitely make you more confident. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. definitely it'll help. And so... To me, it's just under. You're right. I think confidence is a skill in and of itself. It's a skill of how you treat yourself, of how you look at yourself. 
I also think it's a, it's, it's a skill of remembering. I think a lot of us, mm. and I know me, like me as a young man, I definitely needed to take more responsibility for how I remembered things, not because I wanted to lie to myself, but because, you know, um, and again, this is something that I think one of the only places where I made an active desire to do this was like with dating and women because I was completely clueless. So if I would go out on a night out, I would only choose to remember, you know, the one girl that kind of liked me, laughed at my jokes and thought I was funny and gave me good, good feedback. Mm-hmm. Not because I wanted to, you know, n- not out of a delusion, but out of an understanding that like I felt like I had more potential. And I can mm-hmm. do better. And it's like you can do you can do the same thing at work. If you do sales, if you do you know, if you have a couple of bad client meetings or if you have a couple of bad moments, you have to work on the skill of selectively remembering, right? Mm-hmm. You, again, a great example of this is in sports teams. Um, God, who was it? I don't know. I, I I might be I might be lying, but I feel like I remember hearing about how um, during the Super Bowl where the Patriots were down like. 27 i love football so i'm sorry i'm gonna give you the football analogies Mm -hmm. but there was uh there was a recently like only three or four years ago the patriots were down i think by three scores by 21 points or 28 points at halftime in the super bowl and they came back and they beat atlanta and i think part of it was like they just said listen forget that start new there's no scoreboard there's nothing start fresh today and see what you can do and i think there's a lot of wisdom in in that in like you know how you how do you remember self if you remember all the bad things you remember every time you messed up because we have an infinite number of things to remember anyway mm-hmm. you can remember you can go into such detail over your day and you can think of all the stupid stuff you've ever said and all the times that you ever whiffed every time somebody was mean to you every time somebody may put you down yeah yeah or you can remember all the times that you did something good and i think this is a huge part of what you're saying with confidence is a skill mm-hmm. i just always want to uh, uh, re- remind people that yes confidence is a skill but also if you learn how to dance, work out, uh, play a sport really well, play an instrument really well, do coding. If you get good at something, it's going to give you a sense of confidence too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose, again, this is also where it like loops, loops back to performing conference, right? Because what, what you're talking about a little bit, like especially in that going out context, is you're trying to remember these things. You're trying to like build yourself up. It's like you're... you're especially to begin with I feel like with a lot of these things like you just perform what you think is like roughly like in the right direction 100%. and somewhere along the line it starts to just become true yeah right and in some ways it's almost indistinguishable until outside of the internal experience of it outwardly nothing really is going to change unless you just get more confident but otherwise like not much is changing on the outside the only thing that's changing is how you're feeling doing it mm-hmm um and I, honestly like i don't think i necessarily had huge confident issues but i am comparing how i feel socializing and dating and stuff this year versus last year last year coming off a fairly long relationship where it's far less sociable and far less like out there uh there was definitely an element of not lacking confidence, but just lacking like know-how. And then I was just kind of putting myself out there, talking to people, talking to girls. And it still had that element of of being a little bit nerve-wracking and causing a little bit of anxiety. And this year, I don't really have that. 
it's just gone and it's not but outwardly like i don't think i've become more confident i don't think i've become more anything it's just but inwardly like it's it's much l i i feel less exhausted having done it because it's just now just feels kind of normal mm -hmm. it's just kind of what i've been doing for months so now i'm just doing some more of it right so again going back to performing something and then also maybe even less that in my case but it just being a skill mm -hmm. you just do it and you do it and then suddenly it's what you do right like uh, it's it's like with anything when people talk about oh i'm in a new job and i have imp imposter syndrome so at first you create like a distinction within what who you are right like it's I don't feel like this, but I happen to be a coder or a footballer or a graphic designer, whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. And a month in, no, you just are that thing. There's the, that separation in your head becomes imperceptible to you. Again. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of things are just doing them. So that's that's part of part of confidence is simply having some degree of. Yeah, maybe this is too strong a word, but I don't think so. Bravery, right? Like bravery yeah. to just go out there and do the things that you're not not confident in, but you just work on it, and you then you get confident. One hundred percent. I th I think a big part of it too is awareness. It's awareness of the fact that it's not good. Like there is a certain level. I mean, I think so. I think per if you ask me what I really believe, it's that. When it comes to changing belief systems and structures like this, I believe that there are two ways to go about it. I believe there's the way of reps where it's kind of like working out. You can you mm -hmm. can continuously remember the good, focus on the good, journal on the good, L look for conscious ways to look at things through the, the better lenses and try and develop a more positive, more certain in yourself and more confident attitude. But I also would be lying if I said that I didn't believe in transformational moments as well, where I think everybody's had that where something just happens and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm no, I don't care. I know this. This is very, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a funny one that I think is again, a very common experience to a lot of men out there is, you know, when you go through that first really bad heartbreak, mm. when that first girl just drags you through the mud, or maybe you drag yourself through the mud because you're a silly, stupid boy at that time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, whether it's her, whether it's you, whether it's a mix of the two, um, when you get out of that, there's a lot of men can, can attest to this. And I definitely felt it, have to felt it too. Is like, after that, you don't, you, you, there's a certain level of like insecurity around, around women. That's just gone through, through sheer pain, <laughs> through sheer pain. That part's dead. Yeah. You're never, you're never going to be that insecure. Cause like you're, you know, you've, you've, you've seen the darkest side of them where you're like, all right, well, I know what the worst of you is. So now I feel much more comfortable being around you guys. And, and so, mm. I mean, all I'm trying to say is that while there is a, a, an aspect of performance till you do it, realize that there's also, you can have uh, quantum shifts in this stuff. And I think this is, that, that's kind of the realm for another podcast of like some of the crazy stuff that people do to, to make big changes in themselves that I definitely think are worth experimenting. Just examples like, you know, doing hallucinogenics as an example, doing, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. doing, you know, fasting, doing crazy, doing, doing, you know, maybe more dangerous things, maybe, you know, doing like going to travel to a country they've never been with just off a whim or something, things like that kind of challenge you. There's, there's plenty of experiences that people can put themselves through that kind of have this, that have the same value of doing the reps. But I think just in general, 
it's never bad or wrong to be doing the reps because if you think about it, if you made it a choice or you made a decision to be more confident, this is something you could be doing at every moment of every day. Yeah, so I think even with reps, like you have breakthrough moments that feel like quantum, yes. quantum shifts, right? 100%. Like uh, Again, just like an easy sports example, you might be playing uh, uh, soccer every week and you just think of yourself as a terrible player and to start with, you might be. And you just keep playing and keep playing and your perception of yourself isn't shifting week by week. Mm. You are a poor player and you carry yourself in lacking that confidence as a result. And then finally, like in week 10, let's say you score a goal. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm this sort of player now. I score goals, right? Yeah. And then it's a huge thing. You suddenly be like, okay, at the very least, I'm not bad anymore. Like I scored a goal. That's legit. Like I'm, and, and you're, you know, you raise your head, your shoulders go back, your your back comes straighter, like all this, all you this little... gorilla roar and punch someone because now you are the dominant man on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to do that. You riot, you <laughs> start, start fires. You find the flare that you've been in your bag, you've been saving for this moment, light it. Um, and, and, and yeah, so it, it, it can be quite dramatic. And like that, that, that's actually fairly mild. It can be far more dramatic, right? Like... Mm. Um, yeah, in, in many realms, um, things aren't working until they're working. That mm -hmm. happens so often, right? Where you're just like, you're trying to learn an instrument and it just isn't working. And then like, in the space of a couple of weeks, like, you can play an actual song, like a decent song. And suddenly, you feel like you might be a, a uh, guitarist or whatever. I mean, actually, more, more uh, uh, personal to me is in the realm of writing. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of my writing was going up, but I still wasn't getting published. I wasn't getting much attention. And then one day, I got a short story published. Now I'm technically a writer. It, I mean, like, again, like, that's still, like, a huge realm of, like, professional writer or, like, paid writer. But still, like, suddenly, in my head, I could say, like, yeah, I'm a published writer. You are now good enough to get published, basically. I am now the next literary great. You're and, basically uh, George R. R. Martin, and we just need about. No, <laughs> no but I understand. I, I was going saying. for like Steinbeck, but sure, fantasy too. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, well, that just goes to show you how much of a of a charlatan I am when it comes to high literature. Where I'm like, the guy who did the the the, the Game of Thrones, he's the best. The book series ever. that you don't even like. I hated it. <laughs> um, but there's God. As you were saying it, it made me think of this one book, and I can't. I just tried to Google it. Um, I think it was called Mastery. There's one by Robert Greene, but I'm not talking about that one. There was one before that. It's a very short book, an amazing read. I think it's by Leonard something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look it up. I'll, uh, I'll make sure that we put a note of it. Um, but uh, yeah, so this book actually talks kind of about that same thing where he literally um, describes what you're talking about as a as like a series of plateaus. You go to a plateau and then what happens is you'll jump up and you'll come down a little from the peak of that and you'll make a new plateau and there'll be a new a new you almost. And I feel like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that for most things. Is like you have these you'll have plateaus where you just gotta slog through it and then bam, suddenly you can you can mess you, you know, in the gym. You do, you do, you do, and then suddenly, whoa, you jump ten pounds on a lift and you're like, What the hell happened? It's like things just came together. But then you reach a new plateau where you're like, Okay, yeah, the, spend the, a month the, with this weight. The working out analogy is is is, is perfect because that's exactly how it happens, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you try to lift heavier and heavier and heavier, and you uh, uh, 
often plateau and then you have a little bump up again and you have it mm-hmm. uh, not in the beginning but like in that intermediate phase that's like often how it happens where it's like in stops and starts you're making some uh, some gains um this also kind of made me think of a conversation i was having yesterday with an indian friend of mine so i'm pakistani and i grew up very uh quite obviously like not a white person right like i was mm-hmm. I, my self-conception was or I don't even know what it was, but I was clearly like a brown boy foreigner, right? Mm-hmm. And moving around a bunch, bunch growing up. And so when I used to go to Western countries, whether it was visiting family in England or the US, or when I eventually studied in university in Australia and then coming here in, to Canada, I always had that feeling of not being white. Um, uh, and, and it brought a lack of confidence with it like a I wouldn't say like an inferiority complex but mm-hmm. like something in that realm of like oh like I I didn't grow up in the western world mm-hmm. I'm not from this world kind of thing and and having lived here and you know you can attest to this because it's weird I am now f- very fair-skinned and I come off fairly white Right, like people, if, if they not, meet dude, me, not not just white, but the way that you speak makes you come off as like refined white. Like it almost seems like you have like a an air of like Britishness or like some serious <laughs> polish. I'm telling I you, it, I'm telling you, it comes off that way because I the way that you speak, it's like it's not you're not a, you don't speak like a Toronto man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever combination of factors it might be, it's just been interesting in how I perceive myself. And again, this is partly a feeling, right? Because ideally, how I viewed myself shouldn't have changed over the years. I just should have had some self-respect and value regardless. But again, it's just going to show that like, I'm very aware of like, all the things that contribute to confidence, whether it's Mm -hmm. height and looks and all this kind of stuff and skin color and how you speak matters. And when I was younger, you know, uh, I imagine my accent was also a little bit different. It's probably been a slightly more westernized. Just not that I was actively trying to do it. It just naturally probably happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the skin color thing, yeah, it's, we live in Canada. It's not, don't get a lot of sun. It's a cold country. You get paler, right? So now for all intents and purposes, until I say otherwise and people realize I'm Pakistani, I'm treated like a white person. Um, and often, like, even not not even a Canadian white person, but like some vaguely European or something I'm kind of white you, person, yeah, right? You, you, so, <laughs> it, it, all that is just to say that, like, it brought my confidence up. It shouldn't have uh, in that, like, I think that it's unfortunate that I needed that to feel more confident in myself, right? Uh, but it's just true. And, 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 like, talking to my friend who is much more overt, like, he is brown brown right like he's might have got paler of skin but he's brown and that's not changing and he he grew up in india so his accent is a bit more prominent talking to him how like his experience has been and like yeah he does feel it right and he still feels it a bit because it's he can't overcome that that, that, not that it's something to overcome but you know what i mean like that's how people perceive him is it's still there and it was especially weird because his close friend, who's also from India, same part, they kind of grew up together. He mentioned that his friend 
gets treated as if he's um, not white, but like much more westernized than than he is, just by like again how he presents because yep. he, he he's his color of skin is similar. He he clearly looks South Asian too. He also has an accent, but he's a bit more soft spoken. Whereas this other friend is fairly loud and boisterous. He's more soft spoken. He's a bit more reserved. He's I think much more like Canadian assimilated in terms of like yeah. he, he he likes to go on out to nature and do his treks and his trails like he's very like become canadianized in that kind of sense and as a result like yeah they, they don't treat him like he's indian at all whereas my friend will always be treated that way because he's much he's much more overtly presenting as such yeah. because of the way he speaks I've, there's a couple of interesting things that i think you know, this is something that's not okay to say, but I think people people definitely feel this, especially in the dating sphere, where they feel like there's almost a hierarchy of cultures if you want to mm. date Western women, where it's like some things are viewed as like, you know, some of them are viewed as like foreign good, some of them are viewed as foreign bad. Mm. Um, I think a heavy South Asian accent can often be seen as a detriment mm -hmm. um, to you in the dating realm. And, and, and I think it also comes with certain connotations in a work role too. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like uh, racism doesn't exist or any of these things don't exist but i also think that you know i think racism has become such a charged term right now where it's like it's like the evil of evil so let's just call it like social biases there's there's biases that happen for different people based on different things they're mm -hmm. not always negative but uh, usually we, we perceive them in the most negative lights um but i think that the interesting thing there is it's like i definitely know exactly what you're talking about because growing up in canada i grew up in a school where it's like it was it was a funny thing where the school that I grew up that I that I, my high school that I went to was very much like people from mainland China like a huge like I'd say like at least fifty to sixty percent of the school was like mm, okay ma well no not I should seventy to eighty percent of the school was ma people from the main from mainland China but it felt like fifty to sixty percent was because there was like a whole there was like a whole half of the school was like very much like still Chinese like fresh off the boat like that, yeah. again they were they had the accents, they had a different value structure, they did different things, they they just, they did not assimilate with the Western, they, they weren't trying to be cool like the Western kids were trying to be cool. I'd grown up in Canada my whole life, so I only knew the Western side of it, right? So mm. it was like this weird thing where it's like, yes, my high school had thousands of kids in it, but you also kind of felt like that you went to this teeny tiny high school because so many of the kids were so, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm not saying like, I want this to come off like some thing where it's like, you know, we didn't talk to them. We were segregated. It's like, no, they're part of the social, you know, you talk, I had plenty of friends who were very super, super Chinese, super, uh, you know, like, like they had the heavy accent. They, they had the, all the stereotypical things where it's like, all they want to do was math and sciences. They were great students. They mm. weren't really like, they didn't, they weren't, they didn't cause trouble like me and my friends did. They had no interest in, in drinking and doing the dumb stuff that we were doing with our time in high school. Um, so very stereotypical mainland Chinese, but um, despite that, I grew up in a place where it felt like a small high school because there were there were plenty of Chinese people there too who were fully westernized. Yeah, fully. And I mean, and I mean, you look at them, and even some who were like maybe not fully westernized in the sense that they got rid of their accent, but they had become like they kind of took the same value structure that the rest of us did. So even though maybe they had a slight accent or whatever, they dressed very much like the Canadian kids. They talked yeah. like the Canadian kids. They had some of the same interests as the Canadian kids or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was funny to me. It's, it's funny to me because I grew up in a high school where it's like, when I went to high school, I think there was like 11 white people in the whole school. 
<laughs> of which I think only like three were like proper white and everybody else was like immigrant white. Like mm. you had a bunch of Eastern European kids where it's like, yeah. oh, we're the whitest of the white. And like, we don't, like we're very different from like the Anglo-Saxon white kids and stuff. So, but the the point is like, yeah, like this is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And that's like very taboo to say, but you know, there is an experience that some people get. And, and to be fair, I think it's partially bullshit because people have this experience of like, oh, well, you know, culturally I'm looked down on in certain realms, right? Like if you're, again, if you have that strong Asian accent, if you, you know, don't dress like the people around here, well, then maybe you can be perceived as, oh, well, you know, he's not cool. Mm. He's going to have, he might struggle in the dating sphere where he wouldn't struggle as much as work. Or if he does struggle at work, it's not because people don't trust him to do good work, but it's because people think they can talk over him. They Mm -hmm. can, they can, they can disrespect him and not and get away with it like he, they, right. they expect him to be a little bit more um not fully submissive but more like you know not a little acquiescent acquiescent yeah. exactly right so these are important things to discuss too like with when it comes to confidence but i also think that um to that point it's like there is a certain level of like we get to create ourselves to a certain level and it's like you don't have to say goodbye to your culture mm-hmm. to also choose to be more confident in a certain um, in a certain context. So yeah. you, you can, you can keep, cause I, I know dudes who have the thick South Asian accent and they're very much look like they, they still dress like not, not that they dress like, but you know, there's certain things that are like very, like, I'll give you an example of like a, a Sri Lankan friend that I have who still likes a lot of things that like you think of like, like, um, almost like typically like, uh, like a stereotypical thing where like, you know, they like the gold chains and they like to wear their hair a certain way that's like not necessarily Western. Mm-hmm. But this guy oozes swag. Mm-hmm. He just oozes it. And you can tell he's a confident dude. And it's like he's he's mixed the two together. Yeah. So it's like there there's a possibility to put the two together without going into um but 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 still being cognizant of the fact that even despite that, you might not it might have been harder for him to put that two together versus for sure. somebody who was, you know, grew up here, had the whatever, the Western culture, and then just, you know have the things that they needed to be western cool yeah for sure like uh the friend i was speaking uh speaking about he's actually you know um i don't know if i'd use the word swag but like in terms of just general sociability kind of conference that's very high probably uh, maybe higher than me mm-hmm. um and i think he makes a good impression and all that kind of stuff so it, it's i think it's it, it's like you said it, you will have certain you you'll have larger impediments in certain fields whether it's dating or just generally how you're pursued as like yeah vaguely cool whatever that means but i think people get it um but yeah despite that you can still come out the other end and especially in a place like canada right like i i I can imagine if you're in the or, or you know urban you know uh city city canada like i think you're you can uh, overcome that more easily I, I can certainly imagine certain parts of maybe the u.s where uh for example like being confidently black i can imagine that that can hurt you <laughs> right like if just just like if, if you're in the wrong sort of company like it's we, we've talked already about perception they'll be much more readily perceived as cocky or disruptive or, you know, somehow disruptive. And 
yes, we, so we, we can acknowledge for sure the realities of, yes, some people just have it way harder. Some people have it much harder to overcome and all that kind of stuff. While still making the general prescription of it's going to help most of, most of us most of the time yeah. and it's a good good way to go. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. I think it just in general, it's it's very helpful. But also to uh, to what you said just there, I think there's an interesting part as well as like, um, you know, unfortunately, we can't control the perception of others. And you're going to have certain people who have deeply embedded beliefs about who gets to be where on the social hierarchy ladder. Because mm. I think this is a big part is like confidence should be an internal thing that you have for yourself just to, you know, go through life having fun, having a good time, getting what you want mm-hmm. and, and being able to assert yourself and, and, and be proud of yourself and, and, and live a good life. But because human beings are such hierarchical creatures sometimes, um, I think it's important to notice that, yes, some of the people who are going to have the biggest problems with your confidence are going to be the people who think, well, no, you're not allowed to have higher status than me. I'm supposed to have higher status than you. Mm-hmm. And you see those examples playing out in, in a number of different ways. It gets pretty dark when you look at it. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's just something to be cognizant of with like, you know, even again, the, the, the example of like, you know, when a black man is overly confident, people are, are, are more likely, to, people might be more likely to say that he's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Why? Is it because he's actually aggressive? Or is it because you don't, is it because the person saying it doesn't view that person as higher than them in the social hierarchy? So they're trying to do anything. So it's like, there's, there's a social game that we all play against each other that kind of sucks and that, uh, you know, it's mostly bullshit and, and driven by insecurity. And it's funny too, because I think if, if everybody was a little bit more confident in themselves mm-hmm. and everybody was a little bit less, you know, drawn to tearing down others, we'd see a little bit less of that, but at now it exists. And so we got to be cognizant of the fact that like, yeah, you know, in, 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 and it can happen to anybody. It doesn't have to happen for race. It can happen for any number of reasons. Somebody just looks at you and like, ah, that guy doesn't look like he should be, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying life as much as he should. Let me try and take him down a notch, a peg or two, right? Um, so that's an important part to, to consider. But I think from a personal aspect is like, like you said, more confidence in yourself from a basis of, you know, you just from the basis of you just want to be certain in your own value. You want to be certain they have something to offer. Mm. You want to be certain that you can, you know, grow and learn and, and do good in a lot of environments. I think that's just across the board. I don't think anyone's going to tell you they need less of that. Yeah. You know, if you're arrogant or narcissistic or cocky or or whatever the other terms we used were, you have something to work on. But don't throw the baby out with out with the bathwater. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Like, yeah, n- none of what we've said in the last little bit of this podcast is to try to like uh, undermine the value of confidence. It's just no. to acknowledge certain realities so that we we don't sound like out of touch or like just not 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 in tune with you yeah. know the certain realities that a lot of people have to face. Yeah, just in being real with it too. Like it's not life isn't fair. We all we all start where we start and we got to go to where we're going to go and and you know like it's just like uh, with, with with these podcasts, right? Like, we're trying to keep it fairly open and broad, trying to discuss as many topics as possible. But inevitably, we're sometimes throwing into a little bit of self-help, which is fine. I think that's a great thing if you can help others. I just n- have noticed uh, that a lot of people in the self-help s- space are 
business like space or investment space all these sort of people who are just like very much like take your life into your own hand stuff like they might have a good message but sometimes i feel like it's painfully ver verging on like just out of touch and and like uh, uh, crazy um, it's not it's not crazy it's just like can can we you can say two things at once which i think that's yeah. what we what we've done our best to do this podcast and we'll continue to try to do our best it's like we can completely acknowledge the value of having that sort of like very like i'm responsible for myself i'm independent i will get it done my internal life my internal my mental landscape I'm going to make it rock solid and robust so that I can overcome anything, no matter what I look like, how tall I am, what, whatever, you know, I can mm -hmm. overcome it. But also acknowledge that, yeah, some people have it so much worse and that sucks, but that's and so that, that's that, so much easier. And some people, yeah, some people just coast, like they've not worked for the confidence at all. They had a predisposition towards confidence and life reinforced it at every step. Yeah. And good for them. I'm, it's not about tearing them down. It's just to say, like, yeah, they were lucky. And there's a lot of unlucky people out in the world. So, yeah, agree 100%. Yeah, yeah it, it's the acknowledgement. And you're right, because that second part doesn't sell. <laughs> if you're in the self-help world, instant fixes, fast, you know, ah, this and that. Anyone can do it. This can change anyone's life. Mm. And it's like that whole thing where it's like, yes, there's truth in that, but you got to be realistic about what, people are where people are coming from too mm -hmm. so no i agree with you 100 percent there it's also it's one of those things of like individually we're trying to present the best of bad bad options sometimes right like sometimes the best option still isn't great for a large number of people but it's the best thing we can do right like in the face of you know uh, uh chaos and a lack of meaning and you know the 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 sort of like s slow trickle of nihilism that builds up throughout your life right like as you grow older and and suffering and misery it's like yeah like what can you do in the face of that like if Drugs. If a fairly <laughs> absolutely that, that that's that that's a future podcast <laughs> we we did alcohol but we, it was going to be one podcast of alcohol and drugs but we're like no we, we will do, do more drugs <laughs> yeah but but having said that like yeah on on some level like yeah maybe a rational response would be to curl up into a ball and give up right like that's not a crazy crazy response but like we're not doing that we have to you know we're still trying to live our lives so here's the best of bad options you're still going to face suffering you're still going to face all kinds of uncertainty and, and and there's disaster around every corner inevitably some kind of disaster is going to strike your life. So here's the best of bad options. Try to make yourself as internally robust as possible. Try to uh, uh, grow that these skills like confidence and, you know, like an earlier podcast, try to find some meaning in your life. Try to find some purpose. Try to all do all that kind of stuff. Live the best life you can, life you can lead. You know, and that's that. Like, it's not, there's no easy fix. There's no, like... Uh, our self-help message isn't super empowering, but it's the actual realistic one. Like you do the best you can and you take the best of bad options sometimes. Um, 
somewhat of a bummer ending to this podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely but, uh, disagree with your ending there, though. I think I think this is going to make you enjoy the hell out of your experience, and mm-hmm. I think that's all you can do at the end of the day. Like, I feel like everything that you've said can also be viewed in the in the positive light of the yeah, it's going to end one day, so we're all going to end in the same spot. We're yeah. all going we're all going to death, right? But that doesn't have to be a terrible thing. That could be like, a, oh damn, okay, make it make it matter, make it make it fun. Make it good. Either way, yeah, I don't so, want to go so, into... Yeah, yeah. Cer- cer- certain things are just going to be what you're predisposed to, right? Like, yeah. how you... Wh- what frame um, you view that reality of, of, of life is going to be huge. And, uh, you know, uh, I I envy people who have the the frame where it's almost like... Um, death is coming. That's not a big deal. It's what you do here. I agree with that, but... That that ending part, it still uh, still concerns me. Well, but, that's uh, why we need to become billionaires and start drinking people's blood. Duh! If you want to support the podcast, send ten billion dollars to this Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Let's <laughs> let's let's start our life extension clinic and uh, get a lot of backers. Yeah, and let's try the craziest shit first. Like, I want to like 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 bathe in people's toenails is like a thing of like rejuvenating the proteins in my body from keratin mm. like i, I, I want to start i want the see, craziest part of it i don't want to start you do that middle. i'm gonna go classic i'm gonna be you know bathing in milk you know <laughs> drinking young people's blood just the classic kind of stuff see but you're, you're not gonna romantic. revolutionize the sport <laughs> yeah no look I'm just saying I'll start there. I'll start with the classics and I'll move down the line. And at that point, you would have gone through like a thousand different experimental drugs. You will be possibly lobotomized at that point. Potentially, or I'll be ahead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and if you get ahead, then I'll, you know, I'll jump alongside. But until then, uh, lots of milk and blood. I think this is a great spot to end the podcast. On the yeah. topic of milk and blood, thanks for joining us for this episode of Life's Difficult. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you give us a positive rating or review, share it, tell your friends about it, um, and take care, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Life's Difficult.